for Ken and Curtis with Ken Laird and Chris Curtis on WEEI. The 14 overall pick on a corner, Trendy? No, thank you. But if it's a future first, if it's maybe this year's second, and maybe, maybe you just take on his entire contract. Like, I think if the Rams were, be, were able to get rid of his entire salary, that they would be willing maybe to take something less than a first-round pick. So if you could get rid of your second and take on Jalen Ramsey and take on that big old salary, I'd be all for that because I do think they need a corner, but I want to save my most valuable asset in this year's draft for well, somewhere on your offense. Phil Perry, NBC Sports Boston, discussing a possible Patriots trade for six-time Pro Bowl corner Jalen Ramsey. Again, I'd put this in the low-likelihood category, By Curtis, the way, but... great rejoin Joe Braverman, House of Pain, Mike Palka, Joe Ingenieri, going into the Dover Sherburn gym every basketball game when I was a kid going to those games back at DS when we were actually pretty good. Used to use House of Pain. That was your Pain. intro music? Yeah. yeah. My, ours was Danzig Mother. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, you were on the team. Yeah. Yeah, that was also <laughs> carry on. <laughs> just, just, just pipe down. Now, the Rams have had trade talks with Ramsey, according to sources. And here's the first, I love this first paragraph. I'm just going to read this and not editorialize. With a salary cap crunch and potential rebuild ahead of them, the L.A. Rams are apparently ready to move on from Jalen Ramsey. Uh, here's the, um, I saw, I think a guy covers the uh, Patriots, Alex Barth across the street, tweeted out a pretty good breakdown of the the somewhat flimsy stats of Jalen Ramsey that he was ranked very highly at PFF, but when it came to actual coverage ranks, he was seventh, which is still good. <laughs> Sounds pretty good to me. But he was not, you know, the number one corner. I think I, I will be fascinated to see how Bill Belichick utilizes his assets and where he prioritizes the rebuild this offseason. Because if they're building up on a defense that was already the strength of the team, I'm asking some questions because, yes, they could use Jalen Ramsey. Who couldn't? He's got a real moxie to him. I love the guy. He's made a lot of big plays, although Brady torched him a couple times. But he is a great player. He gets it. And he could help a young secondary. I, I think he checks all those boxes. He is one of the best players in the NFL, has been for a while. However, the team needs to use their first-round pick on either a weapon on offense or a tackle. They just do. So if they trade their 14th pick tomorrow for Jalen Ramsey, the defense gets better, no doubt about it, but the holes on the offense become more glaring. Well, is there an op- – <clears throat> I generally agree with that. However, is there a theory that you make <clears throat> your good asset great and fight fire with fire, which is we got to stop uh, Josh Allen, and he was still hitting deep balls on us even when we played pretty well in the last Bills matchup, and Jalen Ramsey cuts that out, and you could take Jack Jones – who is a, I don't know if he's in the doghouse or whatever, he got suspended, and you move him for picks in return to make up whatever assets you, I don't know if you're going to get the same, what what does it cost to get Jalen Ramsey? They traded a first and... I think a first-round pick gets it done. I think they traded two firsts for him. Two firsts and a fourth to get him from Jacksonville three years ago. Right. Three years later, I think one first gets it done. Okay, so then what do you get for Jack Jones? Could you move a young corner who is persona on the ground here, but showed a lot of promise for a second or something like that. Here's what I would do if we're talking about the Rams and cap casualties, as you put it. I am all over Bobby Wagner. That is much more of a need for this organization. He's a, he's been, he's a Hall of Famer 
He's been an all-pro almost every year. He is a guy. I am a little worried about why he's going team to team. Uh, it seems weird, but by and large, I want we wanted him last yes, offseason. Yep. And uh, Matthew Judon already tweeted his demand that he <laughs> wants know. Bobby Wagner. So I would like to see Wagner in the middle of the de- middle of that defense to help the linebacking core that needs more help from the secondary. And I just trust Bill's ability to coach up cornerbacks in a way that I don't middle linebackers. Now, Bill signed Revis once upon a time on a one-year deal, whatever, $12 bucks. So it's not out of character for him to go out and get an elite corner, but it's... But that was on a team that was yes. ready-made for a title. Right, which was by hindsight a great signing, right? I Unbelievable. Mean, helped put them over the top. Yep. Maybe they don't win without him. So is Ramsey that guy? Now, he'd have multiple years on the deal left. Probably would match up with Bill's window, his coaching window. I guess my question is, why does Ramsey want to come here? Well, I, I wondered that, too. Does he have any no-trade clause ability to not come here? Because he did put out a tweet that was kind of casting uh, doubt as to whether this was actually going to happen. Yeah, uh, I don't. I mean, who knows? Maybe he respects and wants to play with Bill. Totally get it. But I don't think that this place has that magnetism it once did for, for aging superstars. Yeah, but my question, I mean, does he have a choice in the matter? Well, me? everybody does. Question. I mean, do you, if you don't put a trade for a receiver, not do a Gronk. Say, I'm not going to show up. <laughs> I guess. So, just put it out there. Do you want Jalen Ramsey? Would you give up the 14th overall pick in the draft? For an elite corner with multiple years left on the contract, 617-779-7937. And to tie the Bruins into this a little bit, they went after the rentals. They went after Orloff and your guy, Garnet Hathaway, New England native, yeah. Mainer, New Hampshire too. Uh, all, he's just a New England guy. He played all over the region. Right, he's Brown. like WEI. You can find him all over New England. <laughs> so... This, in the last couple of years with Sweeney, they've gone after guys. That Isn't some... Garnet Hathaway the name of Warren Buffett's company? What's it called? Uh, yeah, it's, it's close Berkshire to that. Berkshire Hathaway. Berkshire Hathaway. There you go. But Sweeney, when he got Hampus Lindholm in, signed him to an extension. So he's been, he's had the ability to bring guys in and then make them long-term members of the team. Has there means... ever been a better trade deadline general manager in Boston sports history than Don Sweeney? Oof. From Recky through Taylor Hall. Well, no, no, he took over... Uh, Midway oh, Recky through there. Him. No, that okay, was... Okay, well, Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall. I mean, he mm-hmm. has been on top of it of late. Johansson, when they made the cup final run. Hampus. And Hampus. Again, Law. Rick Nash didn't quite work out, but he got hurt. kind of wasn't his fault. Right. He, he was working for a little bit. Uh, I mean, no. Maybe Theo, but yeah. But I think even again, Law might be pre-Sweeney. Uh, All right, I'll, I'll go through my, b- my hockey reference notes here. But anyway, to your point, I mean, I, I like the trade. The only hesitation is... As we talked about last week, when the Maple Leafs got Ryan O'Reilly, they got a centerman in who's on the last year of his deal, but Dupes in the Globe was making the case that you bring in Ryan O'Reilly and then you sign him to an extension and you have a center to replace Krejci or Bergeron when they inevitably retire. This getting a number one defenseman on a rental and then a fourth liner, basically, a third or a fourth line depth guy is not a move for the future. It's a move to go all in. Right, which it's hard to bitch about because this team is better prepared now to win a title than any time it could possibly be. When else would you? I mean, if if there's ever a time to go all in, it's this team. This is, but it, it's not hyperbole. This is a team that could be the best team in the history of the sport. Right, but I do have the nagging fear in the back of my head that come playoff time they'll still have some kind of scoring drought, and you'll regret not getting somebody else, a top six guy like a Ryan O'Reilly, who could have helped you short-term, and then you could have signed him as an extension. It would have been a win-win for both this year and next year. Do you think Wiggy's crazy saying they should have traded Swayman? Do you yes, think it's yes, dumb? Yes, Dumb, dumb. But how many teams have two great goalies? 
We've seen it before. Uh, you know, I brought up the the Penguins example with Murray and Flurry, um, and they they rode. They needed both of those guys in their Cup uh, run in sixteen, sixteen or seventeen, whatever it was. Their last Cup win. The Capitals for a while had a couple goalies. It's it's not. It doesn't happen all the time, but it's happening more and more in the so NHL. So what's the future next like. year? What's the goalie situation for the Bruins? I think the same. So yeah. Swayman's going to be happy splitting time. Yeah, why wouldn't he? He's a young guy, you know? Especially He's on... a young guy? I mean, how many young people in sports don't want to be... Don't they want to be I the guess guy? what was interesting to hear Jalen Brown talk about this that this week, too, that he's all of a sudden talking a good game about the sacrifice he's making to be... He could be a number one somewhere else, but he's happy to be a number two here when winning. And isn't that part of the reason why the Bruins and Celtics are succeeding this year? You said accountability. Right. But they do have players buying in to their roles. Brown kind of squawks about it a little bit from time to time. Yeah, I, I am still. I would bet today that he does not sign the supermax here. I was wrong about Missoula, but uh, I'm going to stick to my guns and say that I don't think he signs the supermax. We go Brown. play for Ime. Uh, where that'll be fascinating, by the way, if Ime's back. He starts coaching. pilfering players. Oof. Let's go to uh, New Hampshire and talk to Kyle. Do you I... think Scal would leave to call games for Ime? <laughs> yeah, he might. <laughs> Hello, Kyle. Hello, Kyle. Kyle. Hello. Hey. Yo. Sorry. It's okay. Uh, I'm just calling in about, uh, by the way, good morning, guys. I love, love the show. Love Greg Hill's show. Love WEI. Um, calling about uh, Bobby Wagner uh, coming to the Patriots potentially. I think that would be a great fit. Um, I totally agree. I think I think Bill would uh, be able to coach him out, um, up, and, and he'd be a perfect fit for this defense. However, I think Jalen Ramsey trading a first-round pick for him at this point in his career, I think he's kind of washed. Um, I just don't think that's a good idea. But I, and I think Bill, I trust Bill to draft um, corners, as we see last year he did with Jack Jones and Marcus uh, Marcus Jones. So, um, yeah, that's I love the show, guys. Appreciate it. All right, Kyle, thank you for the call. I mean, I guess I can understand that Wagner over Ramsey. Wagner obviously is released, so you don't have to give up anything for him. I mean, why not both? Uh, hey, I'm I'm all for it. I I I just given how like last offseason, right? The Patriots lose um the cornerback to the Chargers, JC oh, Jackson. 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 And, you know, we're sitting here in August saying where do they replace him? Did you miss JC Jackson? I know he got hurt, so but that notwithstanding. Nope. Did you think of him once this year? Nope. I don't think many people did. I mean, and J.C. Jackson was on the team when Josh Allen went up and down the field two games without punting. Gilmore was more of the regret, right? Right. Gilmore is a good Jackson player. Jackson was horrible for the Chargers before he got hurt. Right, but he got hurt like week one or two, right? It was, it was, it was very, definitely early. It was early in the year. But, none, yeah, I mean, it was a – the situation here is that I just trust Bill's ability, Bill Belichick's ability to coach up corners. I just It's something he's been superb at. So I, I would not invest. I might invest the money like they did with Revis, Ken. Well, but, how, it, but it was just cash, right? It wasn't a trade. It was just cash. I well, would not this, trade a first-round pick. What about this text, though? 860. Uh, Ramsey knows if he comes to New England, he has a chance to break some NFL records here. So if you believe in Bill's defensive coaching ability, that's the reason Ramsey wouldn't want to come here. He goes comes and plays for Bill. The come play for Bill well, appeal. What, what records does he? I don't know what records he has. Like oh, interception records? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. I... <laughs> If you're a great corner, nobody throws at you, right? Isn't that how it works? Uh, true, unless you have a, multiple good corners. But you're right. <clears throat> but I'd take that. If, could you take Steph Diggs out of a game? Good. Yeah. I, I'll take that record. Steph Diggs, by the way. The Bills might have Ooh, an interesting offseason. Yes. 
We everybody tried to poo-poo when we talked about the Diggs stuff on the sideline and that loss to the Bengals. Mm-hmm. But that leaves a mark, and obviously they're not going to leave Josh Allen. And what was Diggs tweeting out? His brother was tweeting out pictures of Diggs back on the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see. It's it's always fa- like honestly, couldn't you sit here today and say the Patriots do a repeat of two years ago, spend a ton of money, yes. bring in a bunch of guys, yes. or you see the Patriots sort of continue meh? No, no. So there's no shot that they are spending money. They are spending much? cash, guaranteed money. How many dollars this offseason? How much did they spend two years ago? Like one fifty, one fifty one. Ooh, I'll take like the- Bacardi. <laughs> I'll take the over. You said they have more cash. Owners have more cash. They certainly do. But that's why, like, I saw today a total aside, but Mike Florio tweeted out this thing on Lamar Jackson about how his camp is not being truthful when they say it was only $130 million guaranteed. Every quarterback in the NFL should get entirely guaranteed money. Every one of them. They have the cash. They are so important. What are the Chiefs worth today without Patrick Mahomes? Mm. You're talking about Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, has made billions of dollars for their organizations. Like, it's just so pathetic, these stooges for the league. Like, didn't the Ravens release non-complete details on the start of the season to ESPN about Lamar's contract negotiation? Was Florio in a huff then? Like, make it a little less transparent when you're openly carrying water for billionaire owners. But there's just no breaking those guys. I mean, they've tried, right? Players Association has tried. Some players have tried. Well, you know what's happened, and Boomer, sad to say, has led the way. When Watson got that deal from the Browns, mm-hmm. everybody lost their mind. And Boomer has said over and over with Gio, as I listen to their show on podcasts, talking about how, well, you can't use Watson. It's a standalone. It was like, nope, you can. And they should. I mean, th- that's the fact. Kirk Cousins, Deshaun Watson get guaranteed money. Everybody. Patrick Mahomes should not play another down until his whole contract's guaranteed. 603 Texter says Diggs owns Ramsey. Is that true? Has Steph Diggs torched him in the past? I, I Oh, uh, opening NFL opening night last year, Thursday night, was Bills-Rams. The Bills blew them out. Mm. Remember that? It was a uh, big win. Josh it was Allen. a hangover year for the Rams, though. Okay. Still part of the hangover. Well, Diggs might be in Cal- with the Cowboys, so you don't even need to stop <laughs> There you go. Perfect. All right, 617-779-7937. Are you intrigued by either Bobby Wagner, Jalen Ramsey? And I think Curtis's question is an interesting one. If the Patriots spend more money on the defense than the offense, will that become a problem, a philosophical problem? Is it coming back to Terry Glenn being forced upon Bill Parcells? Yeah, very interesting. Also do want to get to, this is a bit of a cliche topic now with uh, the Bruins and Celtics and, and who has the easier path or more pressure. Or uh, there's, There is something there, though, that's pretty interesting to watch. As these two teams have got to be, what would you say just offhand, like the percent chance of these teams to win a title right now? Like 25 30%? I would be disappointed if both didn't. They're that good. I mean, the Bruins, I think, are more of a lock than the Celtics. And I know we can stand on your head. We can do the whole stupid hockey cliche. Puck luck. Well, puck luck. I mean, the Bruins have just had bounties of it. But the Celtics are not that much better than the Bucks if they're better. The Bruins have been far and away the best team in hockey all year long. They yep. should win the Cup. The Celtics, I would put it maybe 50-50. Both teams in action tonight. Joe Braverman here to trend and tell you the details. Uh, for Curtis, the Caribbean music he craved yesterday on the Greg Hill Show. Well, also, you mentioned an artist. I'm going right to it. <laughs> 
This is the song that would always play when I was a kid when we'd go over the Bourne Bridge to the cave. No. Well, I don't want to crush any of your childhood memories, but not a fan. When were you born, Joe? Let's, let's what never year? play that 97. Again. Turn that September, off. September, please. Please turn that off. God, please. Uh, fun fact, this is Jimmy Buffett, correct? There, we, are, we are banning Buffett from the rest of the shows, ever. Well, never mind. Um, I, uh, I was at uh, Jupiter... And the photo I took, I was told by several people, was where Jimmy Buffett filmed a music video. Wow. So look at that. Your day in the life is up on the Greg Hill Show Instagram oh, yeah. page. Nice Ken job. Was all, I mean, uh, Greg was Although, all grumpy about it. Too much James. Well, I thought the same thing. I mean, it's good. I mean, James. Well, that's your life. You've had a seven-month-old. What do you do? Well, people want to know about you. I, I mean, don't. I, I, people know enough about me. I got. I'm, I've been here a while. We've ten way, years when everything is about James, and you're going to have this existential crisis about your whole life is I, meaningless. I have and no. Ex- everybody I, cares about James. I'm 20 years. I've had. I'm, I'm like 39, turning 70. I've lived enough. <laughs> I can live <laughs> don't, vicariously don't through other people. Just hitting your stride. The. Um, by the way, I, I'm looking to. See, very interested to see. Uh, we are a couple days. Wednesday will be one month before 10 years at Weei. So I'm looking forward to nice. a big lunch. Uh, maybe, Watch oh, pin. Uh, <laughs> I just want to complain the way Jerry used to. <laughs> Fair enough. Speaking of kids, uh, took uh, Maya to uh, Disney on Ice yesterday at the Garden. Now that sounds electric. The Bruins should have traded for some of these skaters. My God, they were impressive. Was, like hanging suspended above the ice as they like, like, twirl around. Do they have like Disney characters? Skating? Oh yeah. Oh, so it's like Minnie there. Every character. Yeah, they're in like full fledged costumes oh, too. Yeah, it's not no. like they just dress up. Correct. Well, I mean, I don't think Minnie Mouse has a costume. It's a mouse. Excellent. And I got to tell you, first time I've ever been to the garden where the men's room was that wide open. I was oh, like the baby. only guy in there. It was unbelievable. Yeah, my dad, I think, took my sister to some boy band, and he was like, it was the greatest because I could pee all day. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now, quick Red Sox nugget before we get back to the Bruins and Celtics here in the uh, topic du jour. Red Sox starting pitching today. Uh, nobody By the way, how many of. times did you get up and grab a grab a pop and go to the bathroom? I, during... I had a couple of exits, yeah. <laughs> It's long. They had a 30-minute intermission. Oh, my God. Just to, like, sell head. Disney toys. God. Okay. How much were the tickets? Uh, I don't want to get into that. Oh, God. Um, Red Sox. <laughs> so you got them for free. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get into that. <laughs> I don't want to get into that. Now, starting pitching. Tomorrow, Winkowski. You a big Winkowski guy? I love a good Winkowski. Didn't he used to play for the Texas Rangers? Monday, Cutter Crawford. Tuesday, uh, Corey Kluber. And Thursday, Tanner Houck. So any indication there that Houck might be a rotation guy? They're giving I, him an early start. I want Houck in the rotation. I'm telling you that right now. Paxton and Sale will slot in shortly after Houck, according to Alex Cora. Bayo and Whitlock are slower progressions right now. So they're, that's a little worrisome about Bayo. But anyway. Uh, oh, wait, you, I thought you said there was nothing to worry about with Bayo. Uh, it's just a slow progression. Let's, oh, okay. let's take our time. Right. Who needs innings? Also, Cassis will lead off tomorrow. Oh, well, just played. He never played for the Rangers. No. Anyway. I thought you were joking. No. Cassis will lead off tomorrow, but Cora says don't read into it. And Yoshida will lead off Monday and then go to Japan for the World Baseball Classic. So you're only going to get Yoshida for a couple days. Yesterday he got in there. Uh, Had great... a line drive. I saw Alex yeah. tweet it out. And Lou Merloni, great job on Nesson in his debut. And Lou will be doing games for us starting March 8th. On Northeastern the... lost again. <laughs> yeah, 5-3. Yeah, proud one. of my Huskies. God. Yeah, they're really on a roll. Very proud. Those guys. But the situation here, we've been going back and forth about accountability, the Red Sox Patriots. It really is a sort of inflection point because between now and July, you're going to have all four teams with a ton on the line. You have the Patriots and the Red Sox. Red Sox starting a season. What are they going to look like between now and the first half of the year? The Patriots, free agency in the draft. How are they going to shape their roster? Where are they going to spend? Are they going to spend? And then most importantly, you have the Bruins and the Celtics, the two best teams in their respective sports, 
on a collision course for the first time in the history of Boston, or in my lifetime, I guess it happened in the 80s once, where you have both the Celtics and the Bruins in their final series. Happened in the 80s in Boston? Yes, I believe so. We got uh, Somebody tweeted us about it. but Mid to late 80s? or I guess. I don't I, I don't. The 80s are kind of, I was born in 84, so I don't remember a lot of the sports that went on in the 80s. <laughs> I, I mean, obviously, I watched The Miracle on Ice Live in 1980. But mm-hmm. um, the uh, this would be a disappointment for either team not to win a championship. The Celtics, they literally have to get back to the finals or else it's a failure because that's where they were last year. And with the the Bruins, if they're not in the Stanley Cup final, then it's a massive disappointment. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's going to be, there is going to be so much on the line. Those early season, I mean, early playoff series for the Bruins. Where everybody picks them. The first round, whether it's the Islanders or whoever it is. They lose game one. Oh, my oh God. the pressure on them. Holy cow. That's the beauty of the, of the Stanley Cup playoffs. But, right. yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. Bruins have way more on the line, though, when you think about that. I would say the most on the line between now and July is the New England Patriots. No, stop Absolutely. It. Absolutely. How do they spend? Where do they spend? They need to improve their roster. They need to surround what they do with Mac, what they do. They have a ton of money to spend. They have a ton of holes to fill. You have free agency in the draft. The next three years of the Belichick reign of the New England Patriots depends on this year. Depends on this offseason. Yeah. I don't want to blow Because the Bruins, right, they they have a lot on the line. But this has been – it's not like we entered this season the way the Celtics did. It was more of, well, we'll we'll see if Montgomery's here. Why do they fire Cassidy? What does Bergeron and Krejci have left? What's it, you know, it wasn't Stanley Cup or bust. The Celtics would be number two, most on the line, because they got to the finals last year. They need to at least get back there. Mm-hmm. Then I go Bruins. Then I go Red Sox. Then you go Bruins. Yeah. Bruins third. Most on the line. Are you kidding? No. This is it. This is the year. It's like but, Bruins don't win it this year. That's, I don't th- say that's beca- it. But, but, but th- there was none of that before the season started. We, we have, this has been a slow build. Yeah, but there wasn't an expectation they would win the Cup, but there was a thought that this was probably Bergeron's last year. They're taking one more kick at the can with Bergeron and Krejci. So right. that but we still thought Marshan's hip was going to be out till January. You saw him at Starbucks, had a great report. <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, it, but so, absolutely, yes. That, that's how hey, You can try and convince me I'm wrong, but the Patriots have the most in terms of... You don't think of, the Bruins have the most to lose right now? No. They, they've, they've had an unbelievable season. It's a great year. So if they go out in round two to Toronto or Tampa, nobody will crush it'll be them. It'll be a frustrating end to a remarkably successful season. I heard you guys on the morning show comparing this to the 07 Patriots. Right. And you said, I don't even want to think about that year. It's too painful. It is. Well, that's what this year is if they don't finish this off. Correct, but not really. I mean, the 07 Patriots was... A sort of F you to the rest of the NFL. We don't need Spygate. We don't need to cheat to win. And how they lost, who they lost to, and the manner in which they ended their year was beyond demoralizing. The Bruins are not a dynastic organization that's trying to avert the national media and hold back people that said everything they accomplished was bunk. This is a different situation yeah, but entirely. You're, you're starting to hear national analysts say, this great trade by Sweeney, this team is geared up, They're, this team is unbelievable. Okay, let's say They're Bergeron gets injured in the first round and they lose in the second round. Yeah, but that's different. Okay, but I'm saying they don't, this is not... Barring injury, the they 07 have the most Patriots, pressure. The 07 Patriots beginning on Monday night against the Ravens when you had Shula in the booth with Tony Kornheiser 
openly rooting for the Ravens to beat the Patriots. The entire <laughs> NFL world well, hated I'm, us. I'm not comparing this to that it team. It was a depressing slog from that point through the season where you watched every game on the edge of your seat praying they kept this thing alive. It was sort of a crescendo, a decrescendo, where you started at the top and at the end it was just very stressful and difficult to watch. Yeah, but you can't compare anything to the Patriots that way. That, you just, just brought up the Patriots. I know, but they when you're trying to juxtapose it to which meet which meant more, the Patriots in the last 20 years obviously do by far. The niche audience of the Bruins cannot stack up to the 07 Patriots in terms of magnitude of talk, Brady, the perfect season okay. and everything like that. Does but it, today, in their own you, world. Today do you know that Montgomery was the right hire? I don't think you know 100%, but, God, it seems pretty freaking okay, good. Okay, you know you have two. And he's an established coach, and you different have two, than Missoula. And you have two great goalies, okay? The future is bright for this organization. By the way, Swayman is a restricted free agent next year. I was just looking that up. So he'll be back, but on a short-term deal. And Allmark only has two years left. So you were talking about... So they're going to be back with one, not two. Thank you. Right again. Well, no, they'll be back with two next year, but in two years they may not be. But why wouldn't you extend Swayman and trade Olmark? Or they extend Olmark and that, trade that Swayman? Is, that talk is not going to go away in the offseason. So, but they have a, that's a position of strength. It is, right now it's a position of strength. Right. So, I mean, this is what... The Patriots, because of the age, not being ageist, but because, Danny, I, I love... My parents are in their 70s. I love them both. They're smart. Battle the balls talk in 10 minutes. You, I would not joke about that. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding, of course. I'm Greg every day takes at the battle of the bulge. But ah. uh, the um, the Patriots are in a position where two, three years left to Bill, Bill Belichick, correct? Yes, three years. So, Three-year plan. So you need to – Bill Belichick and the organization needs to solidify itself. Kraft wants to get in the Hall of Fame. I hope he lives to be 110, but – he also is nearing his end as a steward, as the owner of the Patriots. So it's time to win now for them. This is amazing. You have some flaming hot takes today. So you think the Patriots have more at stake in the next three or four months than the Bruins do? Yes. Please disagree with Curtis on this. 617-779-7937. That is just ludicrous. I have been sitting by myself all week, so I might be losing my mind. I'm not saying they have nothing at stake here, but a win for the Patriots is a playoff win. One playoff win. Kraft is happy. That's what he's calling for. What direction, That's all they need. What direction are the Patriots heading in right today? In a good direction. Okay, Bill, Bill O'Brien's success. Gerard Mayo's success. Okay, good. I, I, the roster. Roster is in flux. Okay. We don't know yet. yet. We have to, but they have had not had an opportunity to do anything yet. No cap casualties yet. Let's go to Pete in New Hampshire. Hi, Pete. Up in North Conway. Oh, what's up, Pete? Well, I gotta say, Curtis, you take—you're one of my favorite radio personalities. But saying the '07 Patriots were a bust is a joke because oh, they were one. Of, that was one of the best performances of a team over the course of a year. They lost in one—they lost one game out of nineteen. I, I remember it well, not... and I appreciate the kind words, Pete. I just have <laughs> to tell you that I—I I don't know anybody, and maybe I don't know enough people, but I don't know anybody that looks back on the 07 season and does anything but just turn their eyes and try to change the channel to something else. Some people build up the Giants as you lost to a great Giants defense. Well, I cringe too, but I also think that that was one of the best professional football seasons ever played by any team. Yeah, I I just disagree. The season was great. It ended in a way that will taint my memory of it forever. I just, that... You lost to a Hall of Famer in Eli Manning. (laughs) (laughs) All right, bang me over the head with a two by four. Um, no, that, tougher to take losing to Eli or losing to Foles. 
I was actually talking to Fitzy about this when you were on one of your 15 days off last year. <laughs> and uh, I, there, it has gotten to the point where Super Bowl 52 has superseded Super Bowl 42 in terms of agonizing. Like, I can't watch it. <laughs> Like, remember we had uh, whatever the idiot, um, Danny, not Danny, somebody, maybe it was Danny, not an idiot, but he was saying that it was uh, the fault of Shaq Mason, the strip sack at the end of the game. And yeah, even watching yeah. that highlight briefly, I had hives break out of my arm. <laughs> so similar feelings to 07. Yeah, I just you if you don't win the Super Bowl, if New York wins and they get to throw in your face that that game, it's like the red, it's the inverse of how I view 04, right? The Yankees are the greatest winning champion uh, dynasty in baseball history. 27 titles, all that. But I will always have 4 no matter what. And I know how painful that that was at Yankee Stadium. The Grand Slam, I was seated at Sports Depot watching in Brighton, which is now Pizzeria Regina. No, it's coming back in a new form, I hear. Oh, good. We were at the Sports Depot. I watched that Grand Slam land. Esteban Loiza comes in, replaces Kevin Brown. I see that ball land in the right field bleachers. That feeling of ecstasy was unlike anything. I remember because on, it's New York. Because it was the Yankees, and ah. I was I was in a cab on Storo Drive going into Fenway. We all got out of our cars and were running up and down Storo Drive, high fiving people. It was one of the great nights of my life. Well, one of the bizarre, most bizarre things to me is you, you know what always... my line was that night. I said, line? "We're going to party like it's 1918," and it really was a real hit. Everybody <laughs> loved it. Carry on. Just everybody on the street. Oh, yeah. I just said we're party lights. God, what a simpleton. <laughs> Don't drink. And he was Ariel. clearly the first one who said it. I was. I Believe me, I wrote it down. I TM. Now, you have downplayed the Boston-New York rivalry multiple times on this show. But in this case, you're building up the Boston New York rivalry as evidence for why 07 hurts more. Right. Well, it, but I don't think there are so many people around here that are actually Giants fans because the Patriots games were blacked out. So there isn't that disdain that exists with the Yankees. But yeah, it's a, it's a corollary. It's and, not and the main you lost point. Lost Eli again. Yeah, I I did not enjoy Unreal. that one. Let's go to Joe and Andover. Hey, Joe. Joe. Yes, hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. I just want to talk about the um give a different perspective on the Bruins that I think you guys and your fans have is that um, you know I remember listening to the radio the day after the Bruins lost the Stanley Cup in um, 2019 to St. Louis, and people like yourself and the callers were just shocked that, that that they thought the Bruins were much much better than St. Louis, and they and it kind of reminds the same thing with that playoffs with the Islanders. They were shocked that the Islanders beat them, mm-hmm. and so I mean I think this year. You know, this year's team is, has the same players as last year, pretty much. Um, people like yourself comparing them to the 72 Bruins. Uh, I think that they're going to lose either to Carolina or to St. Louis. And that for some reason, you know, radio people like yourself and the Boston fans really overrate the team. So I just want to give you that. Who, who are you okay? a fan of, Joe? Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. Oh, Cassidy fan. What? St. Louis. How, how are you a fan of the St. Louis didn't even make the playoffs, so I don't know how they're going to lose to St. Louis. But Vegas anyway. Golden. He's a fan of Vegas Golden. They just, <laughs> I think that's you, a troll job. That think, one Stanley Cup year, I, I man. I think that's a troll job. Obviously much different roster than last year. What the hell? Uh, but are they overrated? <laughs> I, mean, I don't know how you say that. They're, they're on such an amazing pace. I guess you could say everybody's having career years beyond their actual talent or something. But I, the thing with the Bruins is when you're watching a game, it, when the Bruins are down 2-1 to one in the third period, is there any part of you that goes, oh, they'll probably lose? No. <laughs> they were down 
by a goal with four minutes left, and it was like, ah, no problem. You're just it's such an enjoyable watch. Whereas the Patriots in 07 was like this. At least for me, I just was so panicked in like in watching those games. Like, Even when Moss was getting fifty, and but the, if you remember the season at the end of the year, they definitely the the success the the, the stress was building, mm-hmm. and the you know they had the easy win over the Jaguars in the first playoff game, but the the game against where Ladanian Tomlinson famously sat with his helmet on the entire game, and Phil Philip Rivers played with the torn MCL. That wasn't a a big win. That was kind of an ugly one, and that's where Brady had the high ankle sprain, where he had the walking boot. Back to the Bruins real quick. Carolina is obviously good. They're only like uh, seven points back of the Bees. If that is the Eastern Conference final and you lose to Carolina, it could definitely be explained away. I mean, it's not like it's it would be Buster Douglas type of upset. It's just the fact that the Bruins are cup and bust. I mean, just their roster. They they are designed to win this year, and if not, they are in trouble. But I just have not in trouble, so much, but they're gonna they're gonna slough off. It obviously wasn't done on purpose, but I just have so much faith in how this team will handle adversity, given. How crazy that Mitch Miller story was to start the year. You have a new head coach. You have this incredibly just awful guy that is brought into your franchise where you are forced to deal with not just the sports media, the national media, the international media, all up in your grill. You're up in Toronto. That's one loss. That Saturday night, hockey night in Canada, was the one game I believe that they lost because of it. And that had the opportunity to get people to pissed at Sweeney. They, you know, they, you already had the change of the head coach. I have no fear that in the playoffs, when if they're down, you know, two games to one against an inferior opponent, that they'll rally and come back. I really, I, I, I the Celtics, if they lose to the Bucks, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, you know, you'll have the Chris Middleton effect that you didn't have last year. But in terms of on the line, everything that Bill Belichick built is now viewed as Brady's accomplishment. He has to win before he's done, and in order to do that, he has to have a massive offseason. Do you agree with this 860 texture that the 07 year earned the Patriots national respect? Everybody started to admire Brady and the team that year because they were so good. That made it a good year in and of itself. Uh, they were such a feared team, and they were. Everybody was like fearing the fourth title, yeah, rooting but they, against them. But until they beat the, the, the Seahawks in Super Bowl Forty Nine, the talk of winning without cheating never never ceased, no matter how much they won in the regular season. All right, well, who's got more at stake, Bruins or the Patriots? This is the Curtis Adam Jones hot take of the morning. You don't think that that's accurate, that Bill Belichick's resume and legacy, he must win again? No, not at all. So if he never wins another playoff game, he doesn't have a slight on his resume? Correct. That is laughable. He he loses to Brady. I mean, he loses to Brady and the who won Brady or Belichick. But some people won't even engage that talk anymore. We bring it up on the show and people yell at us. (laughs) Yeah, okay. People yell at us. He'll have a state on your resume for him. People yell at us because Tom won, and they're sad. He's winning now. It's not over. Take your calls on this on Kenny Curtis next. Are you ready? Are you ready? There we go. There we go. Made up for Buffett with Macy DC. It's Ken and Curtis. Your Saturday here until 1 o'clock, and then Red Sox baseball coming up in Northport with Joe and Will on the call after the game. Dondero's got your Red Sox review. We got hoops tonight, Virginia, UNC, St. Mary's, and Gonzaga to follow. But the real story of the morning is Curtis is really at his nadir. This is really the low moment for Curtis and hot takes. I'm not even sure you believe this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I'm going to repeat it Northport. Oh, North of Fort Myers there. Okay, carry on. Curtis is making the case that the next three months are more important for the Patriots than the Bruins. And why again? 
because the Patriots' next level, next three years of Bill Belichick will dictate how we view him over the next fifty years. Do you re- do you really believe that? Because that I so I if just the don't... Patriots continue to be eight and nine and not win a playoff game for the duration of Bill Belichick's career, right? And he gets this joyless slog towards Shula's record and retires. Belichick and Brady will be forever done. That Brady will be Jordan and the Patriots will be the Bulls. Does anybody look back on Shula's finish? I don't even know how he finished. I'm sure it was middling. He didn't and, and think any less of him or Chuck Knowles finish. No, in the but 80s Shula or... didn't trade Dan Marino. <clears throat> like it's a totally different situation. You're, see, you're too caught up in the Brady drama of this. You're too tied into the Brady Belichick. If if the Patriots remain a a basically a daycare for the Belichick family <laughs> and they don't win again, of course you heard this year. Did you ever think you'd hear? The vitriol spewed at Bill Belichick that you heard on this radio station starting after week one losing in Miami. He's, he had a bad year. As okay, we, as we so discussed if he doesn't last improve. Week, it was the Malcolm Butler v. last year's Patricia decision as the worst moments of Belichick's career. Correct. One lasted a game and the other lasted a season mm-hmm. and may have damaged the future quarterback forever. So if he does not regain the trust of Mac, build the roster to a point where it is competitive on offense to work with his new offensive coordinator – and has a change in the in the performance of the team, then yes, it's going to ding his resume, especially because he elected to move on from a guy that was the reason he won. And if the Bruins don't win, you don't think it damages their the reputation of their stars, their core? No, it will. It's, I'm not saying it's a, it's a zero-sum game that one is awful and the other's fine. Historical context, I believe that the Patriots have to win again in the next three years at a solid level, more than the Bruins need to win a cup this season. Wow. All right. Totally disagree, but maybe somebody out there can give Curtis a lifeline on this. 617-779-7937. Let's go to where, Joe? You know, in, in Hubbock, Texas. I mean, Eric in Hubbock, Texas. <laughs> hello, hello, Eric. <laughs> that Deech pod needs to replay it in its entirety at some point. <laughs> hello, Eric. Actually, it's... Hello, guys. Actually, it's Lubbock, Texas. Oh, uh, Hubbock, Texas. Just slightly but, off. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyways, real briefly... Um, first, no, the Bruins need to win this year. Um, championships are rare and this is a team that is, you know, really, I'm not going to say on its last legs, but I mean, I think we realize in a couple of years, we're not going to have this same level of talent. When you talk about Bergeron and Krejci, obviously, and Marshan's not getting any younger and we still haven't re-signed pasta. Like they said, we were going to do a month ago. Good point. So you're really not sure what, thank you very much. Um, you're really not sure what direction the team's going to go. Um, the Patriots are still rebuilding. Um, the Bobby Wagner thing, uh, my only concern with him is his age, 32, going on 33. I'd like him. Um, I'm just not sure what he has left in the tank. And um, just to go along with the, the WEEI Greg Hill show, I kind of liken what you were talking about with the 07 Patriots and this year's Bruins. Um, with Coco, I look at, at the Bruins as this rom-com where every match I watch, every game I watch, I'm like, yeah, of course it's going to work out. We're going to win in the end because that's just what they keep doing. And the 07 Patriots were just like this psychological thriller where you just were on the edge of your seat, you were gnawing, and you just you, your, your whole insides were turned upside down because you kept expecting something bad to, to happen. And unfortunately, it eventually did in the very last game of the season. So – 
Um, I love WEEI down here in Hubbock, Texas. Um, You guys uh, keep me sane. And so I'll just wish you a a good rest of your show, and I'll keep listening. Good day, Eric. We appreciate it. I mean, uh, very good analogy. I think that's a great way to put it. But it was do you, a did you feel that during the season? Oh the psychological my thrill during the season. Yes, you feared they were going to lose to the Giants in the Super Bowl. Well, you really I, thought no, it but was I mean, possible. each week. I mean, the the Ravens Monday night game was. I mean, they should do a thirty for thirty on that game alone, where you had, I mean, incredible final drive. What a throw by Brady at the end of that game in the back of the end zone. I think to Jabbar Gaffney. Look at that memory. And um, then you had. Bart Scott throwing the ref back into the crowd. You had this insane scene. Shula in the booth representing the perfect Dolphins with Kornheiser actively rooting against. It was on my mom's birthday. It was December 3rd, 2007. I remember it vividly. I left dinner early so I could get home and watch the game. It was an amazing season where those games, it was every game was like its own entity. Yeah, after they wait, got, wait till the cup playoffs. As you said, wait till round right, one. So maybe ask me then. Today, this is my opinion. Wait if Pasta's not signed. Great point by Eric. You might lose Bergeron, Krejci, and Pasternak after the year. Okay. Well, if what that are they happen- doing with that? By the way, that is so strange. I, I don't know. Where's Scoops Keefe on this? He's well, he's he's locked this in. Right. This deal is done. Maybe it is. Maybe they're just waiting to announce it right. for some reason. Maybe after they'll, they'll announce it during the parade. Do you think they actually? I was thinking about this. In order to not piss off the stars of the team by announcing this mega. Connor McDavid s contract. They're going to not announce it to anybody until after the year is ended, so as to not create a distraction. If there was ever a player that you could trust with, it's Pasta. I, I said it before. He's the Manny Ramirez of the Bruins. He's just like this total unique character. Yeah, he's it's going to be the first time like the Bruins get any kind of bad news out there. Then they're going to be like, guess what? We got Pasta. Well, maybe, maybe they're saving it for a rainy day. I guess is that your point, but. Like, this would be way worse than losing Bogarts. Losing Pasternak oh in the prime God. of his career? Especially. Off this, he might win the scoring title. All right, 617-779-7937. Ken and Curtis into the 11 o'clock hour. Curtis still has his uh, Orloff breakdown to come. But I can't get off this bizarre take, this wacko take of yours. A week on Mac Island for Curtis, capped off by Because declaring... Bill needs to help my man. <laughs> get him some talent, Bill. We'll be right back.